0: Well, good morning. I have to tell you, it is a good rector who hands over to his talented curate the joy and the excitement of preaching on Pentecost Sunday and takes upon himself the Sunday after Pentecost, which I just stumbled through with all those children, which is Trinity Sunday. For I can assure you, there is not a priest in the church who wouldn't much rather hand off the preaching on this particular Sunday to someone, anyone else. This is the one Sunday set aside on the church calendar, not in honor of a saint or in the remembrance of an important day in the life of Jesus or the church, but for the solemnity of Christian theological doctrine, the understanding of the one God in three individual, united persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Blessed Trinity. Of course, there's not a Sunday or a Wednesday or a morning, noon, evening Compline prayer service in the church that does not already acknowledge, honor, and worship the Holy Trinity. But the difference in all those other times of prayer and worship, from this particular Sunday morning, is that in those other services, we never have to explain what the Holy Trinity means. We just say the invocation, make a quick sign of the cross, and we move on. Today is different. It is always meant to be the one day when we take time to meditate upon the meaning of the Trinity, all while trying to understand and hold on to the unity. Of God in being as one. For we as Christians are monotheist. And to avoid being accused of being tritheist, proclaiming too much of the individual personhood of the Trinity, this is the day for the priest and the teacher to lay it all out and help all of us as people of faith, just as I tried to do for these kids, to understand exactly what all of this means more clearly. And as you just witnessed, it just ain't easy. Trinity in unity, one God in three persons, or as I like to say to the children every Trinity Sunday, one plus one plus one equals one is the hardest part of all Christian theology to ever explain without falling into one form or another of what is analogical heresy. And I have to be honest with you this morning. That's what's been on my mind all week as I've tried to figure out why I just didn't pull rank and ask Mother Sarah, fresh from graduating last year with honors, I'm sure, from the esteemed Duke Divinity School, to use her more lucid and up-to-date theological education and knowledge to lay out to all of us the divine meaning of Trinity this morning. I'm pretty sure Mother Sarah could have easily reworked last, year, last Sunday's cheer into something like this. We got Trinity. Yes, we do. We got Trinity, and I'll explain it to you. But as I said from the beginning of this sermon, it is the very good, compassionate, dare I say, saintly rector who loves his curate so much that he takes the burden of Trinity Sunday upon himself and does not pass it on to another. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. In actuality, Trinity Sunday never really has to be all that painful for a preacher if we just avoid the complicated and we look for that which truly is simple. For really, Trinitarian theology was never intended to be so cumbersome and difficult for people of faith who live in community and in relationship with their fellow human beings. And for me this past week, believe it or not, the Trinitarian understanding of all of that, the loving God, came home in a very revealing and simple way. You see, this past Tuesday morning, I packed up my wife Audrey and my daughter Eva and I drove them up to the Jacksonville Airport. There, I watched them, as I've done many times in the past, check in, figure out where their gate would be, and then walk through security without me. Audrey and Eva left that morning to go on to Ireland to stay with Audrey's family a week early. God willing, and all my flights being on time, I'll be joining them tomorrow. But because Audrey always needs to see her family and get as much time as possible, she's often gone before me to reach that extra amount of time. I certainly count her ability to do this as a tremendous blessing since it is always much easier for us to visit my family here in the States than it is to go and see hers across the ocean. And following the pandemic, we've all been through, which kept Audrey away from her family in Ireland for two years, we've become even more conscious of getting her over to be with her 87-year-old father, her sister, and her brothers whenever we can find the opportunity for her to do it. Of course, for me, left here on my own, our time apart always drives home just how important day-to-day life and interaction with my family truly is. And it always reminds me of just how odd and discombobulating being alone can be when I am the only person moving and living in our home. This week, as I sat alone and as I began to work through what I might be able to say again about our Christian faith in a one God who exists in divine community of three unique persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it suddenly hit me. Our understanding of God has in its essence, not solitude or singleness, but deep relationship and communal interaction. God in God's oneness chooses to exist in a flowing, unifying relationship that shares and functions together as one creating what we know and understand the one God to be and what the Bible has always proclaimed that the one God is best identified and understood out of that relationship as, which is love. As St. John writes in his first epistle in the New Testament, God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Now, this could be just as confusing and unclear as any other explanation of the Trinity you've heard before has been. But let me try and rework it for you in reverse, not starting with God, but starting first with God's complete and total love. As I think we all know, without much need for research or examination, Love can really only ever exist within a relationship between more than one person or one living creature. Sure, we can all certainly come to love ourselves. But in order to love ourselves, we have to be able to step outside ourselves in some way and look at who we have become, who we are, and what we do. One must know thyself more fully to ever be able to truly love thyself. And that, in and of itself, is a personalized form of relationship and interaction with the other within us. Of course, the deeper understanding of love in our world tends to involve more than just healthy self-love. To really experience love more fully, someone else is required. We as human beings find ourselves drawn to another through the experience and in and the growth of that kind of love and affection. For us as humans, this usually begins with the love we have for our parents and for our siblings, however we choose to identify them in our lives. And then love pushes us farther onward, out of the familial relationships and into the love of another outside of our family. That someone could become a spouse, a husband or a wife, or that someone could be a very close and intimate friend. This love can then continue to push us on farther, joining our love together and creating a complete and total family of our own. With children, we bring forth either by creating life or by adopting and making that child our own. And of course, this begins the new focus and movement of familial love all over again, beginning the whole and joyful process of love anew. And brothers and sisters, if we can step outside the physical world then and beyond it into the spiritual, love can still take us to its even deeper point as we seek out and find God, ultimately longing for and loving God because we find a way to realize that God longs for and loves all of us even more. This spiritual journey in and of itself about uniting ourselves completely with that divine love, discovering the very source of that love itself, which is God and joining it fully as God's created with the very creative love that first brought us into existence by breathing God's love into Adam and Eve's lungs. So if this is what love is, and love at its very essence is the profound and pronounced understanding we have of God, then brothers and sisters, it should be Not all that difficult to conceive of the Christian belief in a God who exists not just as divinity in solitude and oneness, but as a divine God who is a lover, whose love from the very beginning takes on a separate form of God who is the beloved, the word of love that God speaks at the very beginning of creation. And finally, the love that flows and moves between the lover and the beloved, between the father and the father's only begotten son, that uncontrollable, untamable, ever-flowing love spills out into creation as God's own Holy Spirit. For if love can only exist in relationship, then God, who is love, is a God existing within a living relationship best described for humanity as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, lover, beloved, and divine love. As St. Gregory of Nyssa described it thousands of years ago, this image of God in three, three in one, dances together in ever-joyous unity, causing love to pour forth and descend upon creation, producing more and more love, pulling the creation together in the community of Christ's body, the church, and promising in the darkness of this world, that the light of God's incredible love can and will destroy that darkness forever. And if you still don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. The Trinity is not easy. But I ask you to take just a moment and think for yourself of a moment when you were left alone. In that moment of aloneness, if only for a fleeting second, Did you feel like something might be missing? Did you find yourself longing to be back in the presence of the other? Is there not a universal feeling that comes over us of the deepest joy and completeness of love and fulfillment when we are together with our most beloved, even if we ourselves are the deepest of introverts and the least concerned about ever being on our own? And what kind of love and happiness... Do we find ourselves growing and spreading from within that kind of togetherness, that beloved community? If you have even the slightest inkling of understanding that, then, brothers and sisters, you already have a perfectly good and clear understanding of the Christian God as Trinity. Love is love through relationship, and the one God of love contains relationship built into God's very own essence. God has revealed God's self to us most completely in the love of a father with the father's one and only incarnate son and with the continued overflow of love from the father and from the son in action and movement in our world that changes our world through the guidance of God who is Holy Spirit. As St. Paul writes for us this morning in his amazing letter to the church in Rome, Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Holy, 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 Lord God, almighty God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Amen.